on today's Michigan Football Report, we are going to give you a quick injury update then. Talk about some defensive stars that have been emerging over two weeks and likely into the future for this program, mostly in the secondary. Some guys that are really starting to show up. And then uniform combo on Saturday night. Now, we know what they're wearing for pants, but does that mean we know everything about this uniform combo? And then talk to some about the Michigan passing attack with J.G. McCarthy, who, in my opinion, is uh, emerging as a Heisman Trophy, very strong Heisman Trophy candidate for this Michigan football team. But I want to remind you guys and let you guys know that we are presented by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code GOBLUE. They've got some great products. I love the Beard Hedger, and they've got a new one that I'm going to tell you about here later on in today's show. Question I'm going to, uh, the request I'm going to have from you guys today, J.J. McCarthy had 278 yards passing on Saturday, this past Saturday, against UNLV. 278 yards passing. Can we get more likes on the website, comments on today's video? Can we get more comments than J.J. had passing yards? So if you want to help us reach that goal that was put in front of us by our live team here at the company, they said, okay, J.J. had 278. Let's get 279 comments. Go ahead and comment down below. Story number one here on today's show is what is going on with injuries in the secondary? Is it cause for concern or is it just Michigan coaching staff, Jim Harbaugh, uh, the training staff, et cetera? Is it just them being cautious in these games? They know they can sit, honestly, basically anybody as long as the entire team's not sitting and still be the first three, four, hell, even five potential games uh, on this 2023 schedule. So here's what we know on the injury report for Saturday night against Bowling Green. Will Johnson, we weren't sure if he was going to play um, this past week against UNLV. He did get in there, although I still am uncertain. I went back and watched the tape. It's really sometimes tough to tell if a guy plays in a certain down unless you see a certain camera angle. But I think by the second drive for UNLV, at least Will Johnson was in the game. So he played a bunch and was back in there. Good to see there wasn't anything serious. He missed all spring practice after the injury coming out of the TCU game. Uh, Makari Page, we think he is going to be playing as well. Uh, he got 10 snaps in the opener and then didn't play last week at all, which was kind of a surprise. He was listed as doubtful heading into the game. And then Rod Moore, I think he's doubtful for this week. We haven't seen Rod Moore, who wasn't really an All-American candidate going into the season, but looks like he's going to miss his third straight game with a uh, with an injury, an undisclosed injury, lower leg injury, something like that. Michigan is very, being very dodgy in what is ailing Rod Moore. So I just want to kind of you know throw it out there. What do you guys think? Is it cautious or is it concerned? You know, let me know what you think. I lean on cautious. I think if Michigan played Notre Dame to start the year, let's say in that first game, I think Makari Page and Will Johnson would have played. Now, Rod Moore is a little bit different one. I think that's one that may have set out no matter what. But he has been replaced in some way, maybe not forever, but for at least for these games, by Keon Saab, right? So two or three players from this list here. These, This is the guys who are leading this program from snap count. And what is this group of five guys kind of say to you right now, well, four of the five you've never really seen at all play for Michigan, right? Quentin Johnson, been with the program for four years. I never even see him on the field, really, until the game against TCU. All of a sudden, Quentin Johnson's in the game at safety in Michigan's biggest game of the year. He's been in the game a bunch, 63 snaps through two games. Keon Saab, he's, been, he's, he's the most snaps in this entire team by 20, right, by 20 over the next player through two games, at least on defense by 20, I should say. Keyshawn Harris, fifth-year guy, walk-on. Now he's a scholarship player. He's gotten back-to-back -back starts um, at cornerback uh, with Will Johnson not starting either game. Josh Wallace, the transfer over there from uh, from UMass, with 60 snaps. So this has kind of been your secondary for the most part. Obviously, Mikey Sanderson been with the program a couple years starting as uh, as wide receiver or in the mix, top three, four wide receivers last year was, um, you know, maybe Michigan's MVP 
at that nickel spot, made the player of the year, knocking the ball away from Cade Stover in the end zone against uh, Ohio State in that game when the Buckeyes were trying to get down to a field goal in that one. So predict a score for me for this game. Michigan, Bowling Green, let me know your score predictions. Have I made a score prediction yet this week, Jack? I don't think I have. Uh, I have not made a score prediction. Um, I'm going to think of one, and I'll give it to you. So I'm going to go with Michigan. I've been jaded because they haven't been scoring so much. I'm going to temper my expectations. I'm going to say Michigan 45-3. to Go down in the comments uh, or in the live chat if you're watching live. Reply to my pinned comment or put it in the live chat. Your score prediction for Michigan Bowling Green Saturday. I'm going to say 45-3. to Stick with us, though, for this ad break from Manscaped. That Michigan Football Report is presented by Manscaped. Folks, go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code GOBLUE, no spaces. Promo code GOBLUE, 20% off and free shipping. Fellas, are you running into stubble, trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean-shaven look but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every day? I know you are. That's why we partnered with Manscaped. Manscaped, the best products for male grooming in the game. The Manscaped is the brand for below the waist and is coming to save your beautiful face. Yes, sir. Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new handyman electric face shaver. I absolutely love it. This thing just showed up my front door. It is amazing. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. 20% off. Free shipping. Got to use promo code GOBLUE. The link is in the comments, description, and in the live chat here on the Michigan Football Report. This bad boy is amazing. I absolutely love it. The handyman from Manscaped. You don't want to have to break out the shaving cream and the shave every day to go down to uh, a clean shaver. Zoom, zoom, right off there. Manscaped's taking care of you below the belt. They're taking care of you, you know, on your chest. They've got shampoo. They've got conditioner. They've got deodorant. They've got beard products, both for trimming your beard and now with the handyman shaving your beard, manscaped.com, promo code GOBLUE, 20% off, and free shipping. When the secondary is healthy, though, watch out. Because you think about the five guys who have had the most snaps, okay? For those five guys, we've never, as I just said, never really seen much, done much in a Michigan uniform coming up into the season. So who's not been on that list, right? Um, well, certainly, Makari Page hasn't played many snaps. Rod Moore hasn't played many snaps. Uh, Will Johnson, my Rod Moore hasn't played any snaps. Will Johnson has only gone in for, you know, a dozen or so snaps on this season. When you get those guys, those younger players who will most likely be backups, uh, two or three of them, later in the year, when you're getting them those great game action like you are now when the game isn't in jeopardy, I think it could only help. I look back to the spring practice. Diamond Edwards wasn't in spring practice. Blake Corum wasn't in spring practice. What happened from there? In my opinion, I was talking about it all spring, all summer, is that Michigan was forced to develop third and fourth string running backs. We haven't really seen that develop yet, just yet. But figure out their passing game. Right? Put the ball in J.G. McCarthy's hand more and more and more to develop the downfield, more short and intermediate passing game, which worked out, and we've seen it through two games. J.G. McCarthy's throwing the ball at an 87% completion rate. So I'm guessing once you get your stars, McCarthy Page, but mostly Rod Moore and Will Johnson, two really stars of that secondary. Those guys back in the secondary, you're going to go eight deep on your secondary with guys with meaningful playing time. That's going to pay off when you face Penn State, when you face Maryland and Josh Geddes and that vaunted passing attack. But most importantly, when you face Ohio State and then, of course, Georgia, likely in the national championship game. So good things for Michigan's defense in the secondary, dealing with the injuries and getting guys playing time. What up to you guys in our subscriber battle from last week. Thank you so much to everyone who subscribed to the channel last week. We were called out 
by the host of our Alabama Football Report. So good news for uh, us. Michigan beats Alabama. Just like in the polls right now, Alabama's dropped down to, what, like 10, 12 or something like that after losing to Texas. Michigan, number two, it's going to stay that way for a long time, I believe. Uh, beat them in the subscriber battle here on uh, YouTube. And uh, I think we're going to make uh, Chris and Tom, Jack, they're going to have to be our butlers at some point when, they, uh, when they're here in the office here in Dallas. So might get myself some free cleaning service for a couple of days from the host and producer of that show because they challenged us and we beat them by 28 subscribers. So big shout out to uh, everyone who subscribed. And then reminder, guys, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Now is the time. We'll be live on Saturday night for Michigan Bowling Green Watch Party. Saturday night, we'll be live 30 minutes prior to the game for a pregame show, 7 o'clock Eastern. I'll have a camera on me with Jack the entire show. we doing stupid human tricks live, play-by-play, -play, taking your questions. And then we'll stay live for about 45 minutes after the game, a complete post-game Michigan football report. On Saturday, Michigan is going to be wearing blue uniforms, but are they? Michigan players were doing media availability yesterday, and a couple of players let it out that they're wearing blue pants. And that was taken by people, the media, I've saw on Twitter and all this different stuff. A couple of YouTube channels put some stuff out there about it. So Michigan's wearing all blue uniforms, all blue uniforms, all blue uniforms. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Let's talk about where we've been with these blue uniforms. So Michigan's worn them 12 times in their history, the most notable one being when they launched them during the Jim Harbaugh era. Right around this time, two years ago, it was actually this past weekend, game two, which I think really was the reemergence of this Michigan football program. Coming off of a COVID year with no fans in the stand, two and four season, that place was just absolutely electric, a maze out, the pom-poms are going crazy, night game, Washington coming in to play Michigan, you know, they could beat them, the Wolverines, are they any good, et cetera. Uniform, blue uniforms, the blue outs, and it was a dynamite atmosphere, and Michigan played uh, terrific, right? 11-1 and one they are in blue pants in program history, 7-0 and oh at home. The only loss was a couple years ago in the college football playoff to Georgia when Michigan wore the all-blue. So pretty safe to say they're going to beat Bowling Green, I think, in these. But my question is this, blue pants, but what jerseys? That really wasn't disclosed, and I don't think they're going to go crazy, right? They always wear whites on the road, so I'm guessing that whites on the road is uh, is going to stay. I don't think they're going to wear white jerseys at home. They could if they wanted to. But there was a rumor all summer long, kind of G May, June, July, kept hearing it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it. Then August camp hit, and you didn't hear anything about it. Try to get some insight in for the program. Didn't really hear anything substantial on it, so I just dismissed it. That must have just been a rumor. But there's been a long-standing rumor that Michigan's first night game of the year, they're going to do the inverse. Mays jerseys, they've worn once, 2017, against Florida in the opener. They were the all-Mays. So the rumor that way. So no one said they're wearing all-Blues yet. I think they will, but I wouldn't be, like, 10% chance I'm giving it that they'll do the inverse jerseys that uh, Nike and Jordan brand mocked up uh, a while back, but we've never seen on the field. So just keep an eye out for that. I doubt it's going to happen, but keep an eye out for it. Um, it's something that they could surprise with, which this football team has done several times in the past. We got a $20 super chat from Iceman Comp we'll get to in just a moment. But I ask you guys this question. What is your favorite uniform combo for this program? Of all the uniform combos we've seen Michigan wear over the years, which one is your favorite? I'm still going to go with the traditional home uniforms, blue tops, maize bottoms. But I do like uh, when they have the accents, right? A couple times they wore blue tops, uh, maize bottoms, with the all maize sleeves and uh, wristbands and, and uh, gloves and shoes and socks, shoelaces, et cetera. I love the all maize uh, swagged out. I really also like the, uh, the road uniforms they wore with maize pants and just swagged out all maize accessories with the white jerseys against Penn State in 2021 when the rumor was that Michigan wanted to wear made all maize road, uni road uniforms in that game. 
Kent State, because they're the home team, put the kibosh on it. So maybe this will be the time we see an inverse uh, uniform maize jersey, blue pants, but I'm giving it like a 10% chance. Story number two here on the show is what does the wide receiver group look like other than Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson? Because we saw Frederick Moore get the start in, in a lot of ways, right? He was out there with the first group of players uh, in the opener. And then we later saw Tyler Morris, who was supposed to be the starter, but he didn't start that game. So it's like, well, is Morris certain? No, he got 10 snaps. So where are we at with these guys? In the second game, if you count your three receivers in your starting lineup, it's safe to say that Tyler Morris is a starter. You know, two, three, two games, he is the third leading wide receiver for snap count, 38 snaps. Frederick Moore is in the action, but most of his snaps were in that opener. Carmelo English has got some good playing time, you know, 10, 12, 13 snaps of each of the two games. Frederick Moore, his playing time was reduced in game two with the emergence of Tyler Morris back to full health, right? I think Morris may have been banged up a little bit. He still got him in the game, but he really wasn't a full participant in the opener. Frederick Moore, true freshman from St. Louis, kind of a restar-ish, uh, you know, didn't really expect much from him early, but he has definitely played uh, in this game early. Uh, reduced his snaps in game two, 13 snaps against UNLV, down from the 22 that he had in the opener against East Carolina. So we'll see if he continues to emerge, but I like to see Tyler Morris solidify himself at the number three spot if that is his position, if he's really the third best receiver on this team, because next year he's going to be the man, Tyler Morris, but you really got to develop uh, Frederick Moore and others to make sure that Michigan has a competent wide receiver group going into what will be a real transitional year for this program in 2024. Let's look at Roman Wilson, a level deeper on him through two games, 10 catches, 167 yards, averaging 16.7 per catch, five touchdowns, four of those being in the red zone, uh, one being a 47-yarder from J.J. McCarthy, just a perfectly placed ball from McCarthy as Wilson streaked across your, your screen from the top of it to the bottom of it and skirted up the left sideline, the Michigan sideline for a touchdown against UNLV. He's getting all those passes from J.J. McCarthy, 87%. Completion percentage so far this season. McCarthy's been on absolute fire. I think the most impressive thing so far for J.G. McCarthy right now, to me at least, is just the level of accuracy he's had, right? Throwing at 87%, and guys haven't been able to go up and get the ball. He hasn't been getting lucky, right? Almost every single pass he's thrown this year, 55 of them, have been right in the breadbasket, right at the numbers, into the hands of these players. And hell, there might be one or two catches that should have been made. Those numbers, instead of being 48 to 55, right, it could be like 50, 51 to 55, up over 90%. I think McCarthy will continue. I don't expect him to continue at 87%, but we could be looking at a season where Michigan's starting quarterback throws over 70%, which has never happened in the history of this program. I think this passing game can be lethal, right? It can be lethal. It's kind of been lethal, right? 280 yards uh, from McCarthy and then 278 in the second game, although Michigan did have 313 with Jaden Jane Denegal hitting a deep pass downfield. Passing game could be lethal. I think it really depends on Jim Harbaugh, right? Jim Harbaugh, he has a tendency to rein things in, to go back to what's working for him, and he did that in 2021 after a disastrous 2020 season, a disastrous experience with Josh Gass leading the offense, and it worked in 2021. The best one-year turnaround in college football history, two wins to 12. It worked in 2022. The first 13-win season in the history of this program, 13-0 start, went to the CFP. So I wouldn't blame him if he wants to go back there. But you may only have a quarterback, the statue, the stature and the count of J.J. McCarthy once every 15 years if you're Michigan. So I think Michigan's got to let J.J. Cook. Harbaugh made a big comparison yesterday. Harbaugh compared him uh, to Andrew Luck. And even though he says he hates to compare, which you see right there, I hate to compare, right? But very much like Andrew Luck, a quarterback that's once 
in a generation when uh, media asked Jim Harbaugh about who he would compare the play of J.J. McCarthy through two games through. So let's take a look back, right? If you guys remember last year, I have been predicting this since last October, since J.J. McCarthy's about fifth or sixth start. I said, look, this is what Jim Harbaugh does with really good quarterbacks, both in the NFL and in college football. He had Andrew Luck, right? Uh, maybe over the past 40, 50 years, let's say 45 years, um, the three best quarterback prospects coming in, Jim Harbaugh had one of them, uh, Andrew Luck. The other ones are probably Trevor Lawrence and then uh, John Elway back in, what, 1983. First year as a starter, redshirt freshman, just like J.J. last year, although J.J. was a sophomore. Luck was 162 of 288, 2,575 yards, only 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. Look at that jump to his redshirt sophomore year. This, the last year he had with Harbaugh, he would stick around for the 2011 season again as a, uh, a redshirt junior with David Shaw. But he jumped from 2575 to 3,400 yards, but the biggest jump is right there. 13 touchdowns, 19 more his second year as a starter under Jim Harbaugh. And I think we're witnessing some of that. If Jim Harbaugh can continue to trust J.J. McCarthy, McCarthy can play like he has been, get uh, some of the tight ends involved, which they really weren't in game two, we could be looking at the best quarterback season in the history of this program. Story number three here in the Michigan Football Report is the running game. Will they return to dominance this week, or what are we going to do here with this running game? Um, been disappointed. Michigan scored, you know, five times on the ground so far in, in the two games. So really, five touchdowns passing, five touchdowns rushing. So you know, kind of a, um, you know, even out that that regard. But much more through the passing, uh, much more the yards have come through the passing game in two weeks. My concern has been on Diamond Edwards. I don't know if I've ever been as pumped for a Michigan football player coming into a season as I was for the Don this year. Even though he's technically still kind of a backup, you know, with a 1B starting running back, I'm like, this guy is going to get involved everywhere. He's going to be breaking off 75-yard runs like he did against Ohio State. He's been going up the middle, breaking off six tackers like he did against Ohio, uh, Purdue. He is going to be um, catching the ball in the backfield and going for touchdowns, for 70-yard touchdowns like he did as a true freshman against Maryland a couple years ago, but really none of that's happened. 18 carries, 46 yards uh, so far in two two games. 18 carries, 46, 2.6 yards per carry. That's pretty brutal. So I'll put the number at 60. Will Diamond Edwards have 60 yards rushing on Saturday night against Bowling Green? Give me an O or a U. O for over, U for under. Look, I'm an optimist by Michigan football program, even in their darkest times, even coming off 3-9 and nine in 2008 with Rich Rod. I'm like, okay. Tate Forcier, true freshman, Michigan's going nine and three next year, ten and two. Okay, you know, obviously, much too much optimism there. Um, so I'm gonna go over. I think the Don's gonna break out of his funk. But uh, gosh, I haven't really seen it. I haven't heard any rumors about injuries or anything like that. Um, I'm gonna go over, but it's a little bit concerning. The O's are coming in the live chat so far. So let me know in the live chat or down in the comments. Where he's gotten involved a little bit more, made a little bit more impact, is in the passing game, which he predicted himself when he did an interview in August with uh, things like Pro Football Focus. He's been working as a slot receiver. We've seen him and Blake Corman quite a few times, uh, about 10, 12 snaps a game through, through the first two weeks. And both guys have caught the ball. Both guys have gone out as wide receiver. Both kind of have shifted around. And I think they got a little too cute on a few plays, like running you know, Blake Corman from receiver back to running back and then giving the ball on a fourth down. So I think there's still some kinks to be worked out there. But the Don a guy I thought would be a serious Heisman trophy, uh, trophy candidate this year, the guy that really is the first football player I've introduced my six-year-old son to, right? He wears his Edwards jersey and his Edwards t-shirt, and he's asked what the Don did on Saturday, and I told him, he asked me this week, hey, if the Don scores a touchdown, can we go buy a toy on Sunday? I'm like, yeah, the Don scores a touchdown, Preston. You couldn't believe the disappointment on him when he realized the Don, his favorite player, 
his hero right now, did not score a touchdown for the second straight week. So I've yet to see a meaningful play from the Don. I am hoping he does this week, and if he does, we'll be adding him to this list, the most prestigious list in all of college football. The men who have gotten a collar. It is Yoder's 2023 Dogs. If you guys have seen the meme of that high school football player three, four years ago, just basically saying every player uh, and the running backs of, on his football team, they were, every one of them was a dog. So those are my first four of my 2023 dogs. You got J.J. McCarthy. He's a dog. Ruben Wilson. Josh Wallace. They got in the first game, and this past game it was Blake Corum and then uh, these guys. So let's keep running through them all again there. So Blake Corum, uh, J.J. McCarthy, Roman Wilson, Josh Wallace, and then these ones right here. Zach Sinter. You don't have to go back, Jack. I apologize. Zach Sinter, Kenneth Grant, Mikey Sainerstall and Chris Jenkins. There was probably a few other guys that could have gotten the designation of dog. And there's no limit to how many dogs we can mention each week. Once you're a dog, you are a dog for the season. You get your collar. You are stamped in. It's like the mafia. Once you're a made man, you're always a made man. You can't mess the made man. You can't bench a made man. Once you're a dog, you are a dog. So thank you uh, to, uh, you know, shout out to all those eight players who are dogs. Hopefully we get to name a few more dogs after Michigan UNLV on Saturday night. If you made it to the end of the video, if you're watching this, this will go up on the channel later on on Wednesday. Type Go Blue. Let me know you guys made it to the end of the video. If you're doing the live chat too, give me a Go Blue in the live chat. This video going out on Wednesday night. So for those of you who watch it Wednesday after the live show, go down in the comments and give me a Go Blue.